0: Hello everyone! Welcome to another episode of the Pondcast. I am Anthony, and I'm here with the wonderful, uh, talented Amanda and Steve. Say hi, guys. Sup. Hi. <laughs> Steve with the sup.
1: Sup, yo. Sup. <laughs> <laughs> I, go, I go back to high school, man. We can bust out the wussah. That was so good. Oh man, that, wasn't, that? High
0: oh, it wasn't high God. school for all of us. Um, yeah, I know I'm yeah. older than you, and a lot
1: older than Amanda.
2: <laughs> oh man, everyone's older than me.
1: <laughs> Except those younger than you.
2: Yeah, uh, I guess. <laughs>
1: there's no one younger than her. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh man.
0: It's a fa- it's a scientific fact. So
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Statistically <laughs> speaking.
2: She was born yesterday.
0: Science part of my <laughs> life. It's boring, but it's part of my life.
2: Yeah. Isn't
0: so, boring. No, I was just kidding. I know. <laughs> Obviously, oh, that was me. Sorry, I blew on my keyboard. Sorry about that, everyone. Um, Off to a
2: great start. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: we are really running out of the gates here. Um, Amanda, <laughs> before we get started, I wanted to make fun of you for the the, um, or at least question you about the snake hook behind you against the wall. I'm wondering, is that something that is normally there, or is this like when, like an ESPN anchor? You know, goes on, uh, gets interviewed on a show and they, you know, they broadcast in from their, from their <clears throat> lodge and they've got football helmets and leather bound books and things like that. Is that what this is? Like right next to the, no, right next to the drawings of uh, whatever that is there. That's a sea turtle. And what's be- what's below the sea turtle? I should have asked you that first. It's a whale
2: shark. It's a, like whale, a, shark. It's a whale shark and it's like the galaxy is Ooh. the pattern on it. Very yes. cool. I love it. I
0: love it. Don't let me get us off topic here any more than I already am with the snake hook <laughs> oh, question. What's up with the snake hook?
2: I know, right? Like right, right before I usually scope out, I'm like, is anything out of place? Is anything weird? And I make sure everything looks orderly. So like it's so funny because the snake hook is like is one of those things that I'm so adapted to that I don't even really see it. Like I'm like, yeah, everything's in place. That place. Um so yeah, it's it's very candid, and and it's not something you normally see. Everybody's like, "Is this a gardening tool?" I'm like, <laughs> "No." Um, I had a a cobra in my house, and I had to I had to catch it with that snake hook. I'm lying. I live in in not india unfortunately um the real story i mean i have that snake hook to work with venomous snakes and and like to go out herping and flip blogs because there's a lot of venomous species here in georgia but i actually had to break that out because i have a baby boa constrictor who just has completely decided to hate me and i i and she's i mean she's like a noodle she's like this big but she's so bad that i'm like you know what i'm not i'm not getting bit it's just it's to the point where i'm i'm the type of person that if i don't have to get bit i'm not gonna get bit like mm-hmm. i spent so much time working with snakes with all these dudes who are like oh and they're just like getting bit everywhere and they'd always make fun of me for using snake coats or using like just anything i could to not get bit but i'm the type of person again like i'm i'm just i'm not trying to prove anything i don't want to my hands working with these little snakes. It doesn't hurt, but annoying. And their teeth, they're, and they get stuck in your skin. And it's bad for you, obviously, because, I mean, I've literally been in work meetings and have been, like, picking snakes. And that's a thing. And, and also, it's bad for them, because if they lose teeth in the wrong way, they could get a mouth infection. So I use a snake hook with any that's trapped. Kinda bite me for the most part. I mean, a lot of the time I just kind of like whatever, but she was out to kill me. So I needed to whip out that big snake hook. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's great, that's so great. And you reminded me too, that I need to think about what's behind me because I have a laundry basket behind me right now. And that's yeah, one of the benefits and uh, drawbacks, I think of, of having your animals in the basement is that it's very easy to do laundry, but it also is very easy to forget that there's a laundry basket behind you when you're trying to start a podcast. Mm-hmm. So I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I'm embarrassed, but we're going to get through it together. That's okay. <laughs> so we have some cool stuff that we wanted to talk about today. Um, actually, the first topic was your idea and something that you were kind of passionate about and, uh, for lack of a better phrase, pretty bummed out about. Um, so I guess I could just uh, you know get us started here, but then feel free to jump in and you know correct me on everything. But um, the Rabes tree frog, Rabs, two bees, um, has officially, uh, we think, gone extinct. And that's a very sad thing. Um, There were two in captivity that were collected uh, on a trip that, um, was it the Atlanta Zoo? Or was it one? I I think it was Mm -hmm. the Atlanta Zoo that they they organized. And they took back um, two. Zoo Atlanta, sorry, Mm -hmm. and took two back and one had uh, passed away several years ago, Um, it was euthanized, and then now the last one, and here we go, Um, the last one, Tuffy, has now uh, passed away, and that's obviously very sad, Um, but Amanda, you had kind of a personal interest in this and um, obviously being in Georgia, so could you tell us about that a little bit?
2: Well, yeah, I, um, you know, I'm all too aware, as we all are, all of us conservationists, of is not actually a huge deal, but it's not something that doesn't happen a lot, which is just the worst. Um, But for it to be publicized the way that the story with the rab's fringe limbed tree frog was, deal because it brings people in it gets people to to feel it you know it it definitely pulls on the heartstrings because all of the all of the media coverage about this frog was like the loneliest frog lonesome george was was dubbed the loneliest tortoise in the world for so long i mean they named him lonesome george and that story of the penta island tortoise that we all um was was one of those things that got people aware that, oh my gosh, wow, even though, you know, we're familiar with the dodo birds and the, and the dinosaurs going extinct, we're actually having extinction happen today in this day and age, and it's sad. And so the rab's tr- fringe limb tree frog was another example of a species that was able to be um, highly publicized, and uh, and we've all kind of just been waiting for it to go extinct. And for me, it was it was extra special. It was uh, you know a beautiful species of amphibian that I interest in, and because you know it was my home zoo, and I I really look up to the curator there, um, who is the one who went and discovered the species and brought it back, and so so I've been following the story, and then. Of course, I the frog pod at the Atlanta Botanical Gardens like every day because I work right next door to it. So it's a constant reminder like, oh, there's that's where they have that frog. And so it was always kind of on my mind. Um, and so it was really sad to, for me to find that out, especially because I was actually in the process of trying to get in contact with those people because I actually have a lot of mutual friends with uh, one of the caretakers of Tuffy. And I was trying to coordinate going in there, and at least getting to see that frog before he died, but unfortunately, it didn't work out. And, uh, and so that, you know, that just really devastated me. Um, I don't know, did you guys ever see Racing Extinction, that documentary? No. It was on Discovery. Oh, it's so good! Oh my God, you got to see it. It's so, so, so good. Um, it's just this incredible documentary about <coughs> about this sixth mass extinction that we're currently in the midst of. Mm-hmm. And Tuffy was actually featured on that. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the photo arc that is um, mm-hmm. a Nat, so Nat a Geo. hmm And uh, and it, it, he was uh, photographed for that in Racing Extinction. It's just and it's just a really sobering. Um, you know segment of that documentary because they are literally visiting with one of those species that is is kind of just the the gravestone for the entire species and uh, and and so it's it's just a really sad story but it was highly publicized again so we were able to really attach a lot of emotion you know we have these beautiful pictures of this frog we have its call we have these people who are able to say oh was, he was a great frog you know and and it gets people's you know, hearts, it just pulls on their heartstrings, which, you know, there's nothing great about the fact that this species went extinct. There's nothing great about the fact that, you know, that it's, it's gone, it's dead, blah, 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 we've all watched it. But there is something to be said about, about the way that it was publicized because now people are talking about extinction and it's getting people to feel bad because, I mean, they're calling the sixth mass extinction, the Anthropocene. Which means human caused, and and it has you know everything to do with the fa- the way that we're colonizing the world, and uh, and so that ma- that really means that we have to be aware of what we're doing and how our choices and how our our colonization and how all of the things that. You know that we're making way for as our species grows and gets smarter and gets it gets better at building things. It gets it gets, has more children. You know we need to take take into consideration how we're affecting everything else and how everything else is going to affect us. Because as we keep losing these species, we're going to start seeing the effects of that. Um, you know coming back on us. So I just wanted to kind of you know give a shout out to that whole thing, but also. Mm start the dialogue for, you know, what this means, you know, it's not necessarily that this was a huge extinction of a species that was, you know, this, this keystone species, but it's still the fact that it, it was an extinction, and it's just one of, of, of many that happen, honestly, probably every day, mm-hmm. unfortunately, and, uh and so yeah, it's just a good uh, conversation starter, it's a good narrative to, to introduce and to educate people about, What's going on, especially with amphibians? Um, I think that turtle people and amphibian people uh, a lot of the time really kind of vibe and they and they get each other's struggle because you know <clears throat> we are in you know we're facing a turtle crisis and there is also an amphibian crisis, and uh, and so in many ways there's a lot that we can um, that we can share in terms of how those stories educate the public on the things that matter to us. So I don't. know, Do you guys have any? Any, uh, anything to add on
0: that? Yeah, I, I was interested when I was kind of researching for this and I did read a few I think maybe three articles on the subject um, What I retained from yesterday when I was reading them, uh, you know remains to be seen But I, I was interested in, in what one of the articles uh, that was in the Sci- scientific American had said was that um, This is the, the rare exception where we actually are able to observe an animal going extinct. And that's, that doesn't usually happen. And that's what we saw with Lonesome George. And that's, that's what we saw here with Tuffy. And um, I, I think that that's really interesting. And that's something to keep in mind. Um, You said that something's, you know, that there are species probably going extinct every day. And that's something I've heard many, many, many times. But I, I would guarantee that most people can't wrap their head around that and um, probably would doubt the validity of of a claim like that. But Mm -hmm. I think it's because we see this uh, mainstream kind of in our face extinction so rarely compared Mm -hmm. to to the other extinction because it may be 10 years before we know that a species went extinct because Mm -hmm. we don't have you know, uh, biologists um, on the ground or naturalists on the ground looking at every every rare species uh, specifically um, just because they don't see them as much and that one biologist maybe hasn't bumped into them or just because they haven't showed up in the local wildlife markets doesn't necessarily prove that they're extinct, but you can pretty much guess that they're functionally, functionally extinct. And there's no, you know, there's no like horn or gunshot or whatever that goes off like in hunger games when yeah. somebody dies oh, yeah. you know what I, mean?
2: I don't Ooh, that's a chilling what? uh metaphor <laughs> that
0: was good so right, you know yeah. Saw hunger games, right? Yeah. yeah like
2: i heard i like heard that sound in my in yeah. my head and i was like oh god i'm gonna start crying it's so true. To i know right god that's how i was last time talking to. Jared Kutchling or, or G- Gerald Kutchling. I was like, I want to go and help this mm. turtle. Like, mm. um, yeah, it's it's so true, and it's like it's like if there is a silver lining at all with this, like just terrible situation it is the fact that it was an observable extinction mm-hmm. and if anything we need more of them which brings me kind of like to the other topic of you know something I hear a lot about is like well what's gonna be wild if we keep bringing all these animals to keep in captivity and to keep them in all these little you know these almost like little dressed-up prisons as people call them a lot like you know they, they people are always like what is you know in 10 years 20 years when there's no more wild left and we have all these animals just in captivity, you know, what's, what's that going to be like? What is it going to take away the wild and nature and all this stuff? Um, and, and people often, I mean, I've even heard people say, just let them go extinct. It's better than making them, you know, live in these prisons and stuff, which brings me to like, you know, a whole other topic where animals aren't really aware that they're in captivity most of the time, because as long as they have food, water, shelter, all the things that they need, then they're going to thrive. Um, But it it just, it, it is important to bring these species into capable hands, and again, as long as you're able to provide them with what they need and what they get in their natural habitat, we can not only observe these species, but we can try to save them, and we can plan for the future, and if we have to observe their extinction, we need we need to be made to watch what we've done, I think. I, I, you know, I think that we, instead of just turning a blind eye and be like, yeah, you know, I guess they're going to disappear, but whatever. Let's just look over here at these really cute little pandas that are doing well. Like, no, I think that, you know, if, if there's the last one, then, you know, we should not only care for it and and cherish it and learn everything that we can about it until its final day and then preserve that specimen for whatever reason, but we should be made to watch that. And I think... That you know, yeah, it's gonna make people feel unsettled and it's gonna make them feel bad. But I think that's what our species needs. So you know, I'm right. really glad that they're bringing these these species into you know these ca- these capable places and then publicizing it. I think it's so important. Mm.
0: Yeah, they become ambassadors for not just their own species but for for all endangered species. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I have a couple. I have a couple of thoughts. Um, number one, I think you know your pitch for the importance of keeping in captivity is well received here you're preaching to the choir for sure as far as steve and (laughs) i go but also i think you know something good something that would be useful for for the viewers to hear and something that steve and i talk a lot about too is is about how animals are kept in captivity and and the the um the responsibility of um keepers to to not just keep animals alive and well, but to keep them as naturalistically as possible and um, that there's, you know, there, there's real responsibility there and that we have to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thought. So my my movie line from um, The Hunger Games, which was beautifully timed, I have to give myself a pat on the back for that. Um, <laughs> I volunteer as tribute. It, it reminded me of a topic that you wanted to discuss and something that I kind of found interesting as well. Um, which was Harambe, the the um, the gorilla who, um, obviously, there was that big story, um, how many, maybe four months ago now, I'm guessing? Yeah, maybe, it was like, uh, something June, like that.
2: June or something, I think, June um, or July. Ugh.
0: So there was a lot of talk. May? May. Okay. It was uh, towards the end of May. Okay. So Memorial Day weekend. A lot mm-hmm. of conversation about, you know, um, parenting and um you know just there were a lot of different uh opinions about whether or not the gorilla should have been shot when the young child fell into the uh enclosure at the zoo um one thing that i brought up and i wanted to get your opinions on it and i i I'm just such a tree hugger um these days I can't help it you but <laughs> yeah it's really bad the more that I I try to educate myself or or read into things the more I just realize that I'm just so not important um mm-hmm. and um I would say to my coworkers who are all I'm a social worker so um I would say to my coworkers you know I'm not as important as that gorilla if I fell in I would much rather get torn to shreds than to mm-hmm. have the gorilla killed. I know this is different. This is a kid. There are people watching. There are a ton of different things going on. And then people would ask, well, what would you do if your kid fell in? Um, I I don't really know. I, just the point that I wanted people to hear was that I'm not as important as a Western lowland gorilla. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: And that the theory, that really yeah. that really shocked people a lot. Yeah. Um, what people well, would I go mean- to the the place that people would go to when I would say that is, well, what about to your kid? Are you as important to your kid? Are you more important to your kid than a gorilla? And I say, well, yeah, but that's one person out of how many billion. So I think, um, and I think that that way of thinking is how we got the world so overpopulated. And we don't have to. Mm-hmm. We don't have to get into this whole long conversation, but um, I have a lot of you know uh, hesitant. Uh, around uh, hesitation around um, procreating and um, you wouldn't know that because my wife is about to have another baby any day. She still
2: hasn't had that baby?
0: I know it's crazy. It's crazy. But um, (laughs) yeah, so it's, it's, uh, yeah, I just think it's an interesting thing. Did you have anything that you wanted to share about that specifically, Amanda?
2: Oh, Gosh, I mean, I'm going to try to keep it as brief as possible, but, um, you know, of course, when that happened, you know, people were asking me, oh, what do you think, what do you think, what do you think, especially because I come from an AZA, you know, worked at an aquarium, I was keeper to animals, that kind of background, so I know the, the behind the scenes type of decisions that go into that, and it's heartbreaking to see how the public reacted because of course they were slamming the zoo they were slamming the mother of the child yeah we all know you know you really need to keep your eye on your kid you can't let them fall into gorilla pits if you're going to the zoo make sure that you know you you know that there's going to be wild animals and that you know that this that and everything else we've already talked about all of that um but from my point of view you know here i am thinking well i know the way that protocols work and at the zoo Protocols are followed 100% of the time because they only work if they are followed 100% of the time. So there's there's no exceptions. And there's actually a list of animals that are classified by how dangerous they are. There's like class A, class B. You know, these big gorillas are on the same list as lions, tigers, venomous snakes, you know, huge sharks. They are on the most dangerous list because we know what they're capable of. And it doesn't, you know, it's sad because we know that Harambi was not necessarily trying to endanger this child the way that a, a, a silverback gorilla could and the way that most of them, if they were feeling extremely territorial, would have Im- immediately. So we, we look back and we think of all the have's and should have's, but at the end of the day, the zoo followed their protocol and mm-hmm. it's just, a, it's just a tragedy. And, uh, and, and I know how it feels to work with animals every day. And when you're a keeper for animals, um, you know, you 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 feel like they're your own. You feel like not only are they your co-workers, but they're also your baby. You see them grow. You see their milestones. You see them every day. And for me, you know, yeah, I was getting attached to like turtles and, and sharks and things that aren't as sedient, sedient as a gorilla. I think there's probably no animal that's going to give you more of a connection as a keeper than probably a gorilla. I mean, those Quite literally our cousins and and so to imagine the heartbreak of the keepers at Cincinnati Zoo is is beyond even anything I can comprehend because I have been a keeper that has lost uh, Animals that they've died and it's it's heartbreaking and it makes going to work the worst because you go there mm. and they're not there and it's it's just it's it's something I can't describe and so for them To have to go through that I, I can't imagine it. It's it's mm. similar to the to the loss of a, of a coworker, And it's just so sad and so something that's really kind of making me angry right now about the whole Harambee thing And I'm gonna be like the whole you know rain on everybody's parade thing First, let me just say this. I love memes. I don't know if you guys are into memes, but I'm totally into meme culture. Like, instead of even saying words to people, I will send them a meme and I will just hope that they understand what it means. And I think it means something deeper. And I love memes. I, lo- I think that my generation's hilarious. And like, that memes are just like, <laughs> they're just so funny. Like, and they're just like, you know, ah, they're just like, I'm so impressed by so many memes. But there's this new meme with like Harambi and it's just, it's just in bad taste, and it's just not even that funny. And it's, like, it's so disrespectful to, like, the keepers, to, to every – I mean, can you, and, and the Cincinnati Zoo even said, can you guys, like, not do that, please? Thanks. Like, we're still, like, really upset about that. And people are just like, oh, you know, all these – have you seen the Harambi memes? I haven't, no. Oh gosh, I can't believe you've you've avoided them. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure a lot of people know what I'm talking about here, but like, it's just this big meme where like they're putting his face on things, and they're basically just these these memes about how oh you know, like I don't even know. I, I it's just in bad taste, and for anyone who understands the the significance of of like what really happened, I think it's just a really are really just not good memes. So if you if you like memes like I do and you know if you also like animals and wildlife and like conservation just like don't post those harambi memes. They're just they're just dumb. But anyway, I don't know any any other words on the on that whole thing.
0: I'll talk on memes. I totally get the the speaking in <laughs> just memes. I totally get that. My my wife mm-hmm. sends me probably like six memes a day. And I yeah. think she just I don't know where she finds them. I think she just goes hashtag meme and finds every meme that's been created Yeah, and yeah mm-hmm. so i mean in college uh john and i used to speak like just in movie quotes there's a movie quote for absolutely everything that you want to oh, say yeah.
1: for every mm-hmm. mood for every situation for right every they've replaced mood. movie quotes yeah millennials.
2: right right yeah, still you, use spoke, you spoke in
1: movie quotes for like millennials in the thick of the mu- millennial generation memes are their movie quotes
2: right well I st- here's here's my thing I I am like a huge movie quote person because I'm like an actual movie nerd but most people my age don't don't get my movie quotes I'm like have you not seen that movie and then it just makes me look like an idiot and they're like what are you talking about and it's just so yeah I wish that the movie quote thing was still a, a thing but I do love memes all, all the same
0: you're too young it's embarrassing
2: I guess, yeah. I don't even know. I mean, I, today we got a package and they were like, oh, I wonder what this is. And I'm like, what's in the box? And they're like, I don't know. I'm going to open it right now. And I'm like, you've never seen, what is that movie? Se- uh, Seven? Like, come on, really? You Have you guys seen Seven? Of course. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: And they I didn't even get that one.
2: Good. Come on. Now,
1: I haven't seen a lot of movies, relatively speaking. So. And you've seen I like that.
2: Movies. Yeah, me too. And. Like I just, it was such a good thing, and they're like, "It's okay, man. It's it's heartworm prevention. Do you need this?" Like, and I'm like, "No! It's supposed to be Gwyneth Paltrow's head. You're not getting this. Damn it! Like, come on!" <laughs> and it just it upsets me. But whatever. Seven's a good movie.
0: Seven's a good movie. It's a like, great
2: movie. Like, like Hi, The Sixth Sense
0: or things like that. Like like mm-hmm. good good horror movies are called mm-hmm. thrillers
2: yeah yeah and yeah, i like
0: see. horror movies i like i like bad horror movies you could ask me wife, so too like funny. i like the evil Dead and stuff and like don't seen- get me, don't <laughs> wow. get me started
2: don't get me, me started <laughs> i'm the same way oh god same. i love i
0: love evil dead me evil too. dead 2 i <laughs> uh, darkness evil dead was made with 600 dollars. When Sam Raimi, when those guys were in film school. It's so
2: Oh, awesome. I know. It's you know when You've heard
1: of evolution right now. What you're seeing is devolution. No, no, no. No, ah! no, no. No, no, no. Let me tell you oh, something, Steve. Let me tell you
0: something, Steve. The Turtle Room is the evil dead of organizations. We are kicking butt. We are kicking butt on, on, a low budget. Uh, on a $600 budget. That's what we're doing.
2: Oh, my God, I love it. And then
0: it. <laughs> Sam, Sam Raimi went on to create Spider-Man 3, which was uh, an abomination and on a bigger budget. So that's...
2: It's like, maybe we should take money away from this guy. Oh, my God. He works better no. on a... <laughs> yeah.
0: Just keep giving God. him $600. We'll keep doing good work. <laughs> oh and we'll, and we'll forgive him for all of his shortcomings because he only has $600. So that's awesome. us <laughs> right now. So just think about that as we try to grow. We
2: mm-hmm. could
0: grow into Spider-Man 3. Just keep <laughs> it in mind. Okay. That's, that's bad. Awesome. That's so I'm bad. just saying, I'm just saying we, we need <laughs> to Letterman keep it in is mind. So bad. Yeah. <laughs> we can just keep the $600 a year and mm-hmm. continue to make great podcast episodes.
2: Yeah. And I guess it just great. goes to show you don't have to have a lot of money to make something great. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know yeah. most of my favorite horror movies are just like trash, <laughs> just like complete garbage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But they're not, you know. It's, it's great. It's getting to be that season, so that's why I'm like fresh in the whole like, ooh, all my, you know, weird crappy oh, yeah. graphics and have everything. you ever seen
0: have you ever seen frogs?
2: Yes! I was just gonna say that. <laughs> oh it's so funny because when I said that I was gonna that's so weird that you said that. I was literally thinking about that movie. That movie's amazing. All the, like, all the, like, tegus and the, like, um, and the, That's like, great. what are they? The toke geckos and stuff. Like, it's just, oh, it's so good. For those of you who haven't seen this movie, oh, my God, it's so good. It's, like, it's basically a horror movie about cane toads and other reptiles. Like, it's just great. Other,
0: it's other, so great. Yeah. Other, it's so great. Yeah. Uh, non injurious reptiles they're so they're so oh
2: it's so good they're so
0: harmless there's like a common snapping turtle it's like 40 pounds yes and it kills a guy yes oh I love it oh it's
2: so So
0: good the thing that makes the thing that really gets me going about this movie is that it's from nineteen seventy two it is so abysmal it's so bad (laughs) it's so bad and I think it's I think it's Sam Elliott that's in it and he's like a good actor. So, yeah. it's an atrocious movie. Oh,
2: it is. But it
0: was made three years before Jaws. Yeah. Like, how does that work? How is some... And it's like, oh, well, it's an old movie. Like, no, mm-hmm. it's not just an old... like. No,
2: I mean, like, everything about it. Not just the, like... Not just... <laughs> it's just the... Oh, By it's the way, critique. for those of you who
1: aren't familiar with Sam Elliott, he is the the, 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 the Ram Trucks voice.
2: Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he is. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's good. Oh, watch it tonight, everyone. Like it's so good.
0: Just picture oh, a handsome man in cowboy boots ah! with a big mustache and nothing else. Oh, that's Sam Yeah. Oh. Nothing else, just cowboy boots. Mm-hmm. That's ah! how I. That's how I picture him anyway. I'm just kidding. I'm
2: <sighs>
0: happily married man. That was just a joke. It. That was just that was it. for the that was for the viewers. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. people come around the, the corner and like then they see all the frogs and they're like oh. <laughs> and, then, and then they're just dead like nothing happened <laughs> a, f- a, f- a frog didn't bite them but there's just frogs it's like oh no just, just
2: like, they just they got killed bunch by a of yeah.
0: like frogs are quicksand and they just couldn't oh, breathe so anymore good.
2: and there's like yeah. this one part with like a bunch of tarantulas I think right? I don't know if I remember
0: that, that.
2: I haven't was, seen it for like six awesome. years that might have been another horrible, horrible B movie, but there, I mean, it was just so good. Like there's just the the things like the snapping turtle scene, oh it's just so good. so good. It's like a, basically right. a common snapping turtle yeah. kills a guy.
0: yeah, but it's it doesn't it. like he just screams, and the snapping turtles just like walking slowly like they do on land. <laughs> and then just you just, just scream and the guy's dead, and that's it. Like they don't show, you know, they're not getting bit. It's, and he know.
2: acts like he can't get away. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. People, it's uh, don't get me started on Call of the Wild Man either with the with the common snapping turtles because mm-hmm. it's you know like how they how they charge underwater. I've gone after snapping turtles a hundred times in the water, big ones that I've grabbed and everything else. They never mm-hmm. turn around and try to bite you until you until you grab them on land. Mm-hmm.
2: They so won't even wh- really, yeah, exactly. I That's my favorite way to catch them is from underwater. Because yeah. I can just, there you are. Like, they don't even yeah. see it coming.
0: Right. And they don't do anything really until you have them out. And they're like, oh, damn. They just
2: open your open their mouth, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I just, I mean, I've been snapped at a, a billion times, but they, oh, yeah. they will not come at you underwater.
2: Nope. no. Nope.
0: Well, I they shouldn't don't. say will not, you never know. but But in my experience, I've never been charged at or anything, and there's a mm-hmm. whole... There was a whole show until it got canceled because he was staging other things in the show, but a whole mm-hmm. show predicated on the fact that snapping turtles will come after you underwater.
2: Yeah, I've literally <sighs> been in bare feet in these vernal ponds with like huge, like twenty pound common snappers, like just bare feet. Blah, blah 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 blah. I mean, maybe that's like not the best idea, but it's I'm good. I have all my toes, like yeah. So yeah. whatever.
0: But there was one other thing that we wanted to talk about today, so let's not get too far off track. I know,
2: right? Gosh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um, uh, Scientific American, um, the name of the gentleman who wrote the uh, that article on the Rab's Tree Frog um, is named John Platt, and I found it really interesting because we had already discussed talking about the plowshare tortoise as kind of a connection to rab's tree frog, because that's kind of, that's a big issue right now. Um, and will be until things are either get better or more likely don't. And, um, I was interested to see that just the day before he wrote the article on rab's tree frog, he actually wrote an article on the plowshare tortoise and the fact that, well, he poses it as a question basically. Um, Two years to plowshare tortoise extinction. So that's kind of where I wanted to start this part of the topic. Um, do we think there's two years, or or what?
2: I mean, I I think we can pull it together based on. I mean, I mean the resources that we have right now, especially with the TSA and with Turtle Conservancy and with AZA. And with what we have, I'm I'm hopeful, but it's I mean, as far as Madagascar goes, um, no, like n- big no, right? Like yeah, that's we ha-
0: you can't have much confidence that <coughs> any of this is going to work out with what we've already seen as a sample from mm-hmm. from Madagascar. I totally agree. Mm-hmm.
1: It's yeah, really sad. well, um. You know, at this point, it is up to the Madagascan government. Um, Mm -hmm. Conservationists have done just about, um, have tried just about everything. Um, Mm -hmm. But governments need to prioritize shutting this trade down. The problem is, you know, that takes funding, this, that, and the other thing. Even if we think about our our state um, departments of, you know, environmental protection or whatever happens to be if we think of the u.s fish and wildlife service there's only so many agents to go around you can only be checking so many packages and so like shutting down illegal trade is 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 not easy and so it would would really take a commitment on the madagascan government to keep the animals from leaving their shores because I mean, if you consider Madagascar, while well, it's not the tiniest island, it's a whole lot smaller than, say, the globe itself. Or even if we just talk about the region that ends up being the pass-through region through Southeast Asia, um, it, st- stopping the trade at the head where they're leaving the, the the native land is is basically the only place we can really do that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> animals are the animals are being pulled out of the wild for their own safety. Mm-hmm. And um, Durrell, which is um, a wildlife organization based in the United Kingdom that has had um, facilities in Madagascar for decades, um, has uh, an emergency appeal for some more money. Um, they're looking for a 1,000 pounds, which is about 2,000 American dollars, um, to install new solar panels and batteries, um, which will help power their alarms and security cameras. And you know they—they also, as you can tell, see from this picture here, they have armed guards protecting the breeding facility. And, mm-hmm. and this is this is where we are now. We need mm-hmm. armed guards to protect even the ones that are in captivity, much less the ones that are that are still in the wild, mm-hmm. roaming around somewhere. Mm-hmm. And armed guards may be what we need to to stop this. Um, you think about the only real way to lower the trade is going to be increase the risk for the people taking them out of the wild. And I, you know, other than having the risk of death, I'm not really sure how else we can do that.
2: Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I mean, at this point, I think, if, you know, if it was up to me, I'd say pull every single one well, out they of the have. wild. That's, yeah, the, that's The last good. time
1: they did a survey, they actually found zero.
2: Oh, good. Um, which is I a mean, shame. I mean, because it's it's bad, was, but like at least that was all, before
1: they had planned on yeah. pulling them out of the wild. So yeah. um, at mm-hmm. this point, they're not releasing any back into the wild that they do mm-hmm. that do get um, pulled from illegal trade. They mm-hmm. are going to these protected facilities for the time being until um, you know wild area can be secured again.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, um. that's going to be a long time. I mean. <clears throat> It's, it shouldn't be rushed, and I, I, I know it's probably much more political than we can even imagine, but, I mean, I think the best thing for these tortoises is just to, to pull them out of that country for now. I mean, like, it's just so, it's, to to have these armed guards have to, to, to hold down this fort at all times because they're in such high demand is, is, is just devastating and it can and it shows the problem in that area you know
1: yeah and but you know I, I don't think you can pull like i don't think you want to pull them out of madagascar to somewhere else because i think the problem's mm-hmm. just going to move the idea yeah. is to protect them in, in in captive facilities in madagascar for the time being mm-hmm.
2: it's just so sad it really is
1: oh yeah totally and um mm-hmm. you know for those who aren't aware there are for the most part, three institutions in the United States that have some um, confiscated animals um, that they're working with. Um, there are a couple other zoos around the world and most are in facilities in Madagascar run by Durrell, Turtle Conservancy, or the TSA. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, those that haven't been snuck into the black market in China and are in some dude's That's collection that. in China.
2: Yeah. It's pretty pretty scary stuff, but as far as I know, there's none in private collections. Is that is that correct? Like-
1: um not openly. There's none in US private collections that I'm aware of, but the market exists because there are animals in people's private collections around
2: the world. Yeah, of course. It's-
1: particularly in Southeast Asia, China and you know, the Indonesia mm-hmm. area. <clears throat> yeah.
2: It's scary stuff. But I mean, if anybody can do it, it's it's, you know, the the, the groups that are working on it right now <laughs> and they have everything, you know, I don't know. They like they're, they're doing everything they can. And it's just it's just raising awareness at this point and like trying to shut down the trade, which is is hard when it's when it's a political matter, when it's, you know, up to the government and stuff. And we don't know if there's anyone working behind the scenes, you know, who has more to offer the government than than conservation groups do, unfortunately. I don't, you know, there's so many, I've talked to so many conservationists that have said that there was, you know, so many different political issues that made it so complicated to do simple things, you know.
1: Oh, it can be. There's red tape. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think one of the really
0: interesting things about, uh, plowshare tortoises that I've observed is, uh, when we started to deface the carapace uh, of a plowshare um, with these big Dremel numbers to try to deter uh, would-be smugglers from taking them because who would want this tortoise that obviously came from a protected study site and is obviously poached? Well, who's breeding them? If you got a perfectly... if, If you received a perfectly grown or if you saw a perfectly grown adult plowshare tortoise, who wouldn't think it was poached anyway. And mm-hmm. with the amount of people who online show photos of their plowshares and brag about them, um, it it really surprises me because you have to think a small percentage of the plowshares that are out there are would be shown and bragged about on Facebook. And then there's probably just some weirdos who probably show and brag about postures that they don't even have, Yeah, um, pictures of them in captivity, or smuggled animals, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but th- for the amount of people that do show them, there's got to be a huge uh, percentage of people who who don't want to show them, because
2: yeah.
0: r- all you get when you show one of those is ridicule, because everyone knows they're I mean, we know,
2: yeah. yeah. Where else so, would you get it? Right. You didn't get it from a breeder. So
0: my thought, and we're not seeing these all the time, but one time seeing a Plowshares Mm -hmm. photo shared on Facebook in captivity from someone in Asia is enough to make you just really Mm -hmm. hate the world. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've seen it several times. And Mm -hmm. um, I think that when you see them being shared like that by anyone, that right there is the reminder that people... Are not too proud or not too scared or not too anything that they're still going to do it and Mm there's still going to be a huge price tag on these just because of what they are, and that's just the way it is. It doesn't matter if you know if you put numbers on the shell, just their shell itself, Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. plowsher toy shell, yeah, it pretty much says already that that you support poaching. So, what's the difference if there's a number drembled into the shell? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: It's really sad. Yeah,
2: it's amazing that we've let animals become this. You know, I, I, you know, I'd expect it from like, you know, I don't know, like artifacts and even cars and like, you know, people want these status symbols or something that not everybody has and it's really rare. But these are living creatures. What, what are you doing? It's like, still the collector
0: what? mindset. And if I, yeah, I say it all the yeah, time when we, we, the if, if I'm fish and wildlife or if I'm a lawmaker or or what have you and I'm looking at the turtle hobby or the exotic reptile hobby in general or the exotic animal hobby in general and I'm looking to make decisions based on what people should be allowed to do and things like that what is the most public view of what we do the most readily available uh, uh snapshot of what we all do that would be classifieds and yeah. Um, uh, animal expos and things like that. It
2: just so, makes us look
0: bad. Yeah, it all makes us look bad, and mm-hmm. and it's it's it could be avoided, but it's you know it's one instance at a time, and it's one person mm-hmm. at a time, and we've all been there. And I mean, I've, I've sold yeah. animals too, and I've I've purchased a lot of animals, so I can't um, I can't say that it's you know a bad thing entirely, but. If you look at it as what it is, the the the, again the the microcosm of what we all do, uh, the visual microcosm of what we all do, then it becomes very troublesome to think about the words that are thrown around. Um, Mm -hmm. Need to get the money to put into another project. Um, You know, got pick these up in a trade, uh, but have no use for them. Or like losing
2: interest, yeah, and like so and
0: so isn't into them anymore. Exactly, all Mm -hmm. that type of stuff that we see in every single yeah. ad well mm-hmm. we can all live with that because we've seen it a hundred times but i think when you act uh, uh, thousands of times but when you actually stop and think about it it really oh, yeah. is kind of unsettling to think about what we're saying to somebody who is not uh as enthralled mm-hmm. in in this in this game as we are i mean i look at the i look at the classified ads five times a day i think if there's a day that i don't look because i'm really busy with something um then that's a weird day i feel kind of I feel kind of lost without being able just to check the concept. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like fear of missing out. So yeah, there
2: is. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like it's, it's, it's just a reflection of, of our hobby. And we just have to remind ourselves that like, these are living creatures and you know, I don't know, like even though you might have a lot of them or they might be numerous in the hobby, just remember kind of their place in the wild and just, I don't know, just like respect that. I don't know if you were going to keep going with that thought. Sorry. I totally interrupted you
0: no please anytime I, I think just the last thing i'll say about it is like we all enjoy uh, i think and i think we'd be lying if we didn't say if there's a certain animal you have and you you throw the photo up on facebook and somebody else says oh wow that's awesome i wish i had that oh cool and mm-hmm. it's like it becomes this game of like keeping mm-hmm. up with the joneses and yeah, it's, not... it's like
2: oh you want to come over and see it and like yeah, yeah absolutely and and like um yeah no it's absolutely and like you have those animals that you love like here's a good example of that it's something i saw on facebook and it horrified me um but one of my favorite reptiles in the world is the marine iguana i think that they're just awesome they're just so i mean there's nothing else like them in the world they're so cute they're so beautiful but they you know you couldn't even wrap your mind around keeping them in human care and captivity there's just I mean, for me, it was just, I would love to see a zoo working with them. I would, I mean, obviously, number one, I'd love to go to the Galapagos and see them in real life. So, of course, if I was, like, the richest person in the world, I'd be like, yeah, let me, like, build this huge thing in my backyard. And, like, this is my crazy pipe dream. I would love to have marine iguanas. Oh, I love them. I love them. Ah! Don't even get me started. I could just talk about marine iguanas all night long. Anybody who knows me is like, don't ask her about marine iguanas. But on Facebook, somebody tagged me in this thing, where this guy had marine iguanas in his house. These these I mean, granted they were pretty large enclosures, but I'm like, oh no 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 no! What what is this? What are you doing? And like it just I'm I'm like okay. First of all, I know that nobody in the Galapagos is like here you go, bye, take good care of them what? No, there's no way this person's ever gotten permission from anyone of authority to take marine iguanas from the Galapagos and put them in their house. Nope. And so I was like, you know, ah, and I went to town keyboard warrior over here because this is an animal. I mean, granted, it's just the males that do this, but look at this is an ocean dwelling animal. There's no way that we can provide for this animal correctly. There's no way.
0: Look at the blue behind it and tell me you can set that up in captivity. Yeah. No No way. Absolutely not.
2: There's just yeah, too much this this is a special animal and it's it's just very highly specialized. But you know, I, so I go to I go to town and I'm like, "Ah, this is not okay." And then, you know, the the guy keeping them actually comes back and is like, "You don't know me, you don't know my life. I, you know, these are captive bred." And I'm like, "Okay, you think I'm stupid? All right, bye." But like it just, it, you know, I could love that animal, and I could wish until the day I am die I die, that I could have one as a pet, just like I could wish that I could live in a pink castle in the sky. But that's never going to happen, and I know that. I don't actually want to live, I don't know. But, like, anyway, you know, it's just something. I respect that animal and love it so much that I respect the fact that it's not a pet, and it's not an animal that you keep in, in your house or even in your backyard. So when I saw that, I was just like, oh god no this is not cool and people are sharing the photo like whoa this guy's got marine iguanas whoa and I'm like no no mm-hmm. that's not no we're not doing this No." Nope. so it's just when I see stuff like that I'm like come on no,
1: right. Right. no
2: and it's clearly poaching clearly I mean no there's no way that anybody I mean they wouldn't even give the, you know the I don't know the queen, queen of whatever if there was a queen of the Galapagos mm-hmm. she wouldn't be able to have them like come on God, I don't know.
0: So. Queen of the Galapagos.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm that's trying. Gonna, that's what I'm
0: going to give you. That's going to be your new nickname.
2: Please. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Nothing else I would love more. <laughs> I would live outside. I would live <clears throat> in the trees.
1: <laughs> your court jester once petted Amanda.
2: Yes, I know, right? <laughs> this is Bryn. <laughs> Hi Brinny. She's like, you've been on there long enough. <laughs> Hi, girl.
0: The queen of the Galapagos. I like that.
2: Oh, just wait, guys. I'm working on it. <laughs> give me this another minute. This one's just here. out cold. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. <laughs> That's how my cats probably look right now.
0: <laughs> I give my an- animals tranquilizers too, Steve, during the podcast. I want to <laughs> make sure they behave.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. Yep. I don't want any African mud.
0: I don't want. I don't want any African mud turtles swimming up, trying, to,
2: trying to, to try to
0: get food for me when I'm when I'm doing this. Yeah. I get really hungry. Yeah. Aggressive.
2: Yeah. I know. I'm t- currently ignoring my terrapin. Like. <laughs> yeah. I don't see you. No. <laughs> so,
0: uh, an, an update uh, that Steve wanted us to share. Um, calendars are ordered and should no be in. no oh not calendars i'm sorry posters i meant posters i said <laughs> yeah. the wrong word posters <laughs> are are ordered the the uh the uh north american box turtle uh posters are ordered and should be here the middle of next week is that
1: right uh, at the latest yeah early to mid next week we'll be shipping them out to those who pre-ordered them
0: those things are really pretty steve do you have them queued up so you could, we can show them to them or no
1: um i didn't have those queued up
0: all right don't worry about it maybe we'll show them at the end we could go right into the th- one of the things you had uh, queued up. I wanted to let everyone know that I'm kind of a celebrity right now. Um, don't <laughs> get too excited. I'm just saying. So this photo, see, can you show it to everyone, like it, within the within the context? Yes. Okay. So this is the TSA website, and just so everyone knows, that is Anthony's right hand holding a wood turtle, and that's my. <laughs> That's also my right breast and my arm behind the turtle. Um, There's the
1: turtle room logo.
0: Yeah. A part Ooh. of that. Anyway.
2: Can I have your yeah. autograph?
0: Yeah. Oh, you, you, you. I'll think about it. I think, <laughs> I think if I have to charge or not. Yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted to get on the TSA's website. So there I am. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a big deal. You can tell it's me because I'm one of the only people that anyone knows. I'm sure who has second digit knuckle hair.
2: <laughs> so you can tell
0: my my fing, my finger hair almost touches my, almost touches my uh oh
2: my God. fingernails.
0: So it's it's a it's a gift. You know, it's a gift yeah. that I'm proud of. So, yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Oh, so yeah. I just wanted to share that and, and brag for a minute. If uh, tell your friends, you know, to go on there and look and say that you know the guy whose mm-hmm. fingernails made it onto the TSA website. You That's can amazing. Yeah, it's a big amazing. deal. See see the finger yeah. hair.
2: So Anthony, I, I have a question. Um, yeah. When the full moon rises, do you have problems like getting out of the house before you yes. hurt anybody or anything yes. like that? Do you? Do they lock? Do they have a special room where they lock you so you can transform? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's so good. I'm for anyone who doesn't know, I'm a very large American, and um, I was watching this movie, uh, What We Do in the Shadows, and it's a great, great movie. Man, if you haven't seen it, it's one of the best. I haven't. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen. It's a Holy vampire. Mo- it's a it's a mockumentary. It's almost like okay. um, it's like uh, the Office, but with vampires, and it's from oh my Louisiana. god! It's so good. Oh. It's so good.
1: It's my favorite. That sounds movie.
2: sounds perfect. Oh, so I love it because I love the Office. Oh, there,
1: there's werewolves in it, and um, <laughs> werewol- well, how could there be vampires without werewolves? Right. Exactly. So there's werewolves,
0: and they, they they always make sure they wear sweatpants when it's a full moon, so they don't ruin their jeans
2: <laughs> because
0: they, like when they you know expand and everything.
2: Oh, but, I love it. So oh. my
0: long-winded, my long-winded joke that I'm going to continue to go with is being the large American that I am, is that on full moon, when there's a full moon, I don't have to change my clothes because I'm already kind of. Oh
2: my god! Yeah, yeah. you're already like you don't even have to really grow; you just grow hair. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, I just grow hair. Yeah, <laughs> not really. Actually, your
2: teeth get a little I sharper. Grow that. yeah, I know.
0: That's it. No one even notices. Oh no one even notices because yeah. I'm already, I'm already big in hair. Oh my god!
2: Nobody so notices. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god. That's great. <laughs> I look
0: like I look like Seth Rogan's older brother who ate 3 of the Rogan brothers. That's what I look like. <laughs> yeah. It's not good. Oh god.
2: That's it's great. not good. Yeah. It's not good.
0: <laughs> so Steve, do you have the picture of the posters ready to go or do we did you give that up? And thinking I wasn't going to ask again. I think you gave I- it up.
2: I can plug something else in. Anthony, that's a really cool hat. Oh, thank you so
0: much. Thank you. It fits. Steve, lovely. do you
2: know do we have any of those hats currently available?
0: Oh man.
1: We do. This is the Ooh. flex fit. And wow, I'm gonna tell you something.
0: Nice I'm gonna tell you something, ladies and ladies and gents. This hat fits me and it's amazing because my head is roughly the size of a Volkswagen. So for any hat to fit me, you oh know God. it's got to be something really nice. This is not some cheap <laughs> quality, one size fits all. There are different sizes. They're,
2: they are very they're, popular.
0: They're flex fit, but obviously they're fitted hats.
2: Mm-hmm. They're we get a lot of compliments on our hats. They're terrific. Mm-hmm. I
0: recommend, recommend them to your whole family.
1: Yeah. Since Anthony mentioned the word calendar earlier, um, those are in the last stages of development, and uh, we'll hopefully have them up for pre-order, I don't know, sometime second half of this month.
2: And it was right? supposed to be a surprise, but Anthony ruined it. Oh. I'm just- I don't
1: know the surprise. <laughs> a lot of people are be expecting them. We had several <laughs> dozen people buy them last year, so mm-hmm. um, I'm sure some people are waiting for us to to get those out there too. So uh those will be available for purchase uh mid to late part of the month and just like last year TSA uh will get a portion of the sales as a donation from the turtle room as well.
0: These are great This is these are great pieces of merchandise. Can I just say that mm-hmm.
2: they are? Cuz I didn't create no.
0: any of them. I mean, I made the yeah. turtle room logo. I was involved in that process, but other than that
2: Oh, no big <laughs> deal. You know, it's just all over everything. But Steve,
0: <laughs> Steve is a talented man. He knows mm-hmm. Oh yeah. He knows quality and he takes his time and he puts a lot of energy into stuff and this is nice mm-hmm. stuff.
2: It's great. It's really awesome. It's me so proud. <laughs> <sighs> Thanks, bud. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you you. Um. <laughs>
0: I'm a construction worker. I build people up. I I don't I don't break them down. There you so go.
2: That. Yeah. That's, great. Yeah. That's great.
0: So anything else from you guys? Any other comments, concerns, questions?
2: I don't know. A good one, just keep. I don't know, keep fighting that good fight,
0: keep on keeping on,
1: fake mm-hmm. it till you make it. A lot of stuff going on. Oh, the last thing I want there was one other thing I wanted to mention. Um, <clears throat> many of you may have seen the posting on our Facebook page over the past couple weeks. We have a new project we're working on, uh, or we want to get started anyway. Um, for that, we are looking for a managing editor. We're looking for somebody who's got lots of experience writing, editing, like we'd be okay if they have relatively limited turtle edge, as long as they've got really good English language, journalism, editing, writing type skills. Um, but love turtles and tortoises. Um, either way, so we're, we've got an opening for a managing editor for an upcoming project. So you can go to theturtleroom.com under the About menu, there's a little thing that says Join our team. All right. And uh, you can check that out. You can see it on our Facebook page. Um, <clears throat> so we do have that opening available, and we'll be looking for other editors to work underneath uh, the managing editor once we get that person picked as well. Yeah.
2: Awesome. Do it.
0: We take this stuff seriously. We interview mm-hmm. people and everything,
1: it's great. They're scary. There
2: I'm just uh, kidding. You're great. You can ask Amanda. Mm-hmm. She got to go oh, through yeah. a
1: nice long interview.
2: Yeah, they yeah. put me through the ringer. I was terrified, uh, but gosh. <laughs> Looking back. No, they're 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 awesome. You guys are so great. I'm so lucky. I love, by the way, love being a part of the Turtle Room. So I highly recommend it. Yay. <laughs>
0: yeah, as soon as we interviewed Wonderful. Amanda, we said, man, we really need to get her on the, pod, uh, the podcast. <laughs> she would and be And I love it.
2: Yeah, It's like my highlight.
0: <laughs> I think we put a lot more effort into hiring people for the Turtle Room than I do for my day job. <laughs> hiring and firing oh, people. I'm like, oh, man, do I have to do that? <laughs> and then there's an interview for the Turtle Room. I'm like, yes, this is going to be so much mm-hmm. fun. I can't wait.
2: It it's so great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So anyway, that sounds like a good place where to um, call it a night. Um, we didn't have any questions, Steve, did we?
1: Um, I think somebody in reference to the marine iguanas was, do they drag on the ground too? And yes, they, um, do move, uh, on land. Um, in fact, I think it's just the males that spend some time in the water, right, Amanda?
2: It is, yeah. It's only the big, um, adult males that can handle the salinity and the, and the, the um like the just the the ferocity of the (laughs) of the ocean and stuff so yeah the the females and the young males they stay all on land but they do like to hang out on the the rocks of the uh of the like that are right by the ocean because they eat only algae so when the algae grows on the rocks (laughs) and the tide goes down they munch on the algae i
0: had no idea
1: (laughs) he says no the hairy knuckles he says, Our what? commenter says no to the hairy knuckles drag on the ground, too. So apparently, he's asking about Anthony's hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Thanks, Ray. We needed a good laugh <laughs> oh, like that. Not oh. really good. <sighs>
0: another, refer- another reptile reference for you, Ray. I'm like a <sighs> dinosaurus, and it's why I didn't go further in basketball. I'm 6'8, but I have pretty short arms for my <sighs> height. So I'm definitely like.
2: T-Rex. Oh, and, he, and, he's,
1: and he's got a vertical jump of 0. 0.3 inches. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's impressive. It's impressive. I'm not
2: a good hopper either. I understand. <laughs> yeah,
0: I can still dunk a basketball. I want you to know that. I'm not just saying that because we're on the internet and people could just say whatever they want on the internet. I really can't. Not oh, well. Well, you can dunk
2: it because you're right next to it. All you have to do so, is just uh, like...
0: I still have to jump like a foot and a half, I think, or something like that. And I could, I could only do it on good days. But I do do it sometimes.
2: Not if nobody's watching you, or not if somebody's watching, or if there's any like video going on.
0: I'm listen. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna listen just for that. I'm gonna get video footage of me dunking a basketball. Please do. And put with it on.
1: High. I want to see that. We will put that on a YouTube video. Footage of Anthony dunking a basketball. We'll put some turtles in it. Make it all turtley, and we'll get that on YouTube. <laughs>
2: I'll do don't dunk my, a turtle. Don't do that. I'll do
0: it in my turtle room uh yeah. garb. I'll do it in my turtle room outfit and be like the only turtle nerd oh that God. could dunk a basketball. That's what That's
2: I'll do. <laughs> I'm gonna do get, it.
0: Get John. If you you and John could get together and dunk basketballs together. <laughs> oh no, John could dunk the hell out of the basketball. I'll tell oh you that
1: right God. now. <laughs> I know we can. John he fun to
0: watch both of you. John could go in the air between the legs. And, and dunk the basketball in, in his heyday. Not anymore. Oh I was God. never a good dunker. He was always the dunker. But I, I played more than him, so. Oh,
2: friend. You ask I him.
0: And I'm more handsome than he is, so whatever.
2: <laughs> while you're at it, while he's not here,
1: that's <laughs> a discussion for your wives to figure out.
0: I would have said that if he was here. That's why I could, that's why I could say it. He's probably watching, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's a good time to call it, I think. And Mm -hmm. uh, Amanda's being mauled by a vicious Yeah, uh,
2: they're all like, come play, Mom! Cinnamon! Down, cinnamon! (laughs) From stepbrothers, oh, I love it! (laughs) That was good. Cinnamon, stop! (laughs) That
0: was good. I remember when I had my first beer.
1: Yeah. All right, guys.
0: So, for all of us here, Amanda, Steve, and myself, Anthony, have a wonderful night. And for Cinnamon, have a wonderful night. <laughs> and thank, you. thank you for tuning in. See you on the next Bye. podcast.
2: See you later. Next month. <laughs>